It's hour two of Wildcat Insider. If you want to call in and share some thoughts about what's going on with K-State Athletics, you can call us at 537-1350. Give us your questions or comments. Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, and Big Steve is with us as well. Now, coming up in the uh, next segment, in about oh, a little over 10 minutes, we're going to speak with K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor. Uh, but right now, I did want to mention a little something about the bubble right now. We'll probably get a little bit more into it tomorrow, but uh, this is the time of the year. It's going to be kind of updated regularly about what the, air quote here, experts think of what the bubble currently sits as right now and really the rest of the field. Now, my go-to are like the Joe Lenardi or Jerry Palm uh, who's with CBS Sports and what they currently think about what the bubble is right now. Now, Joe Lenardi seems to be much higher on the Cats right now. And at the last update, which was on Sunday, he says K-State is still on the next four out. This is after K-State goes into Stillwater and falls to the Cowboys in overtime. I was a little surprised they would only drop a spot or two after a game like that. That was a quad one victory on the line for K-State. They didn't get it done, so it goes down as a quad one loss. But if you look at Jerry Palm, K-State doesn't really exist on the bubble, which honestly, like, that is still kind of my feeling. Like, I'm a little surprised to see. I know how good the Big 12 is, uh, but I know K-State has also missed out on a lot of opportunities to pick up some huge victories, but they still have some nice wins under the belt. Um but also, if you ask somebody like Bill Self, who had a press conference earlier today, who coaches a different team, where would he put the K-State Wildcats right now? Uh, me. Let me Should try that again. Things weren't ready to go. I'm sorry about that. Here is uh, Bill Self. Well, K-State, uh, to me, should be on the inside of the bubble right now because what they've done in league. If, if our league is rated to be what it is, then you have to respect teams that are approximately 500 in a league that's as good as ours. And uh, so I, I think K-State should be on the inside of the bubble. I know if, if they're successful tomorrow night, they would be solidly in the field. Now, what I want to add to that is I'm very happy that Bill Self believes in the Cats. And don't get me wrong, I do too. I hope they definitely make it in. I want to see K-State win games, get to the dance, maybe do some damage. I love a good surprise. Um, But I would also mention that maybe the way the Big 12 has been graded has maybe downgraded a little bit as the season has gone on. If you look at bracketology, it was at one point eight teams were getting into into the dance. But now it's more like six. Sure. And that's because West Virginia has fallen apart. Iowa State continues to fall apart, and they're on the bubble. And then you might – Oklahoma is weird. Like, they're kind of teetering in there, but I would still put them in as like an 11. You know what I mean? Uh, but like I mentioned, in K-State added to that, and uh, Oklahoma State not eligible for postseason play this year. They wouldn't make it in any way, as I would imagine. But as things currently stand, you would think six teams would for sure get in. Um, it's not what it once was. The Big 12 is still tough, but as things have continued to develop and, and more teams are added to the bubble, now you it feels like you have three teams in the Big 12 trying to fight for maybe one spot. It's an interesting scenario here. I'll jump in and say a couple of different things. I agree with your assessment that West Virginia has hit hit bottom. They're struggling. 
They are three and ten in the league. They are just struggling. I respectfully disagree with what you say about Iowa State. I think they're absolutely at this moment in at what whatever they are, thirty five in the net. That that's unbelievably good at thirty five. And that's that's really good. And they also have the third most quad one wins in the Big Twelve. <laughs> you've got you've got one team with ten, another team with nine, and they have eight. I think if they win a now again, we'll see. They need to get to eight conference wins. That's the deal. And right now they're five and nine, so work to do. But I do think that they can get there. I think part of the reason you're talking now about six as opposed to eight is exactly that. These teams, you get into this, you know, 18 game round robin, you're going to take enough punches where you get shoved down a little bit farther. And then you have on the other side of the spectrum a, a team like Rutgers, as an example, who's really played well of late and making a move. And there are others, they're just one example. So if you look closely at the Jerry Palms of the world or Joe Lenardi's of the world, pay attention to those first four out, next four, and also the ones that are in because there's some fluctuation there in the last couple of weeks and and, and in this particular case, three weeks of, of the regular season and the postseason tournaments. Watch it closely. See, Iowa State did win. That was a big victory for Iowa State because it's also, again, contrast on uh, some of the bracketology you look at, depending on who you look at. Some don't see as high on Iowa State. Some others do. Uh, for Let me tell you why they're high on Iowa State. Not to interrupt you, but, but this is important. Non-conference is important. Yeah, Most sure. people only talk about the league, but in this particular case, think about this. They have beaten in the non-conference. Now, beaten, not played. Xavier, Memphis, Creighton, and Iowa. I don't know that there are very many teams in the Big 12 that would stack up against that. For sure. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying I don't think Iowa State should not. I, no, I, I know. I'm I just think Iowa State should be in there. Sure. I think you could easily make an argument for seven teams yeah. that should definitely be in the field. And K-State's trying to scratch and claw and maybe become an eighth team to get into the field. But, but West Virginia, TCU is the other good left example out. here. TCU is the other good example, right? I mean, if, if you really look at, at kind of where they're at, right now they are, as an example in Jerry Palm, they're a nine in the south. Okay? Well, they're five and seven in the league. And because of those two early opt-outs because of – or post I shouldn't say opt-outs. That's probably inaccurate. Because of postponements, here's what they have left. They've got West Virginia tonight. But after that, at Texas, Tech at home, Kansas, at Kansas, and at West Virginia. How many of those do you think they're going to win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're up against it now. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's why, that is why they're talking, you know, six right at the moment as opposed to seven. They're projecting some of that out. But just recently, I mean, Iowa State and Oklahoma were considered bubble teams uh, for Joe Lenardi thinks that way. He thinks well, Iowa in State. In my mind, Joe's wrong on Iowa State. He may be okay on Oklahoma, but I think he's wrong about Iowa State. But that—that's what I was saying about how big that win was for uh, for Iowa State beating Oklahoma, because that now like Oklahoma is considered like maybe a last four in, last uh, first four out, sure type of team. So they're now teetering 
on that line, and that's you know an Iowa State big win. Oklahoma that that in Jerry Palm, you like Jerry Palm, and so do I. Has Iowa State as a seven, so there's like it's a weird contrast on what people think about how exactly the middle of the Big Twelve and how successful it's been, even though five through ten have a losing record in the conference. That's another part of how impressive you know the Big Twelve can be. You could be losing the Big Twelve by a couple of games below five hundred and still be considered a bubble team. Well, and here's the other thing: you can look at Oklahoma in, in a, a thousand different ways, but they're only four and ten in the Big Twelve. And when you look at their non-con, I'll give them the little bit of a benefit of a doubt here: um, beating UTSA, who's not very good. Um. They win at Central Florida, which is an okay win. They beat Florida, and here's the one that's carrying a little bit, bit of weight for them. They beat Arkansas, 88-66. That, that's a, right now, that's looking pretty good. Their non-con compared to Iowa State's not even close. Not close. End of story. <laughs> so I do think there is still a pretty good chance that the league could get seven. But there's some risk there, and it, it certainly depends. I mean, if you look at those look at those other teams, Michigan was listed in that group, right? And oh, I don't even remember off the top of my head some of the others, on the, like the, the first four out, the last four out, th- those oh, types. Uh, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. I mean, those are, you know what? Creighton, another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I'm telling you right now, if you look at Creighton and what they've and, and again, it's the full body of work, but in the last three weeks they've been good. You can make an argument for like a team like Rutgers. Sure. You know, like, like they beat a month four ago. straight they beat four yeah. straight top twenty teams. Yeah, a month ago. Yeah, they were definitely on the outside yeah. looking in. Now they're in the field. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can you can definitely make a resurgence here in the last couple of weeks of the season and hopefully with four games left, you know, it seems impossible. But K State, if they were to Somehow, get it done in Lawrence, I believe, uh, what Bill Self had to say. Mark it down. And that is, <laughs> in the field, oh, that's a huge get if K-State beats KU and Lawrence. Getting into the field at that point, that's a huge, that's the best win of the year by far. Yeah, that catapults you out, imagine, to at least the last four in. Um, quickly, I mean, I did want to mention Mark Smith's technical foul um, I think we've seen a few of them this year, and that had to do with K-State. And just, it seems like hardly anything was said. Maybe some yelling after a dunk, and they're looking at some guy. But it's not like, you suck, buddy, I'm way better than you. Or you're, cla- like what Bruce Weber said earlier today, clapping in their face. Mark Smith seemed like he didn't do much at all, and he gets teed up. Like it's he's really If there's such thing as a ticky-tack technical... That's it, and it's happened to K-State lately. And I think the thing that burned Coach Weber is is that it came in a very tight, intense game. This is different than the technical that Davion Bradford got at Baylor, if you remember that one, where he's basic. Now, the guy fell, so he he wasn't necessarily trying to stand over him, but he's standing over him, which makes it look worse, and then he does the, the muscle thing with his arms. You can't do that. I mean, am I? I don't even think he said anything. But you can't do that. I don't think I'm. But if you're just scoring the ball and you yell out, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. what those guys see. That's they yeah. watch the NBA. That's what those guys do. Feel like the biggest BA after doing something like that. You want to let it out. <laughs> you're pumped up. Yeah. Uh, also, didn't Selton Miguel just recently? Yes. Pick one up that yeah. I thought. Uh, that's yeah. that's well, the best way I can a ex- couple. The, the one it. at Iowa State. 
I think it was Iowa State, where the guy came across with his arm uh, into his into his face. The, his reaction was, I mean, you, the second guy always yeah, gets that's, caught, right? Yeah, that's not. Yeah, no, I, I believe it was one. I, I don't know if I'm mistaken it was somebody else, but it was just saying something, right? And it was just yeah. barely anything. And he got teed up for it. Maybe I'm mistaken him for somebody else. My memory's terrible. Uh, but uh, I suppose with that, I'll just leave my memory to the side and ask some questions in this next segment because we uh, have Gene Taylor, That's KC Athletic Director, coming up next here on Wildcat Insider. We continue on with Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. Now pleased to be joined by Athletic Director of K-State, Gene Taylor. Gene, it's great to have you back on here on the show. I noticed on your Twitter account that you spent some time in Arizona. Did you have a quick homecoming doing some off-roading? Yeah, that was uh, was kind of a combination work and a little R&R and uh, never done that before, believe it or not. I lived in Arizona all my life. We used to go out on our bikes when I was younger, but uh, that was a little more... more, uh, thrilling uh, it was a lot of fun never something it's never something i've ever done before taking a quad out and in, into a desert or s- somewhere without any people around just you know just ripping some tires through some dirt for a while like <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun to me i'll get to it at some point in my life but i also noticed you uh you made it over to some baseball uh in arlington what was your first thoughts of the cats uh baseball in 2022 well, obviously, got a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, I think Pete realized that. I, I wonder, you know, if if Dylan Phillips's last shot against Arizona would have gone out had we played a little differently. You know, you, all of a sudden you fight back, and you know you're down. You go, you I think we're down eight to two, and we got to eight to six, and you know, two guys on, and he shoots a rocket to center field up against the wall. If that goes out, you know, we have a chance to win that, and maybe it's a different next two games. But uh, you know, I think realize that. You know, we had some young guys in there, and we got a, a, a kind of a real, almost a new baseball team. Really, we got a few starters back, a lot of new faces. So, you know, it was a, it was a wonderful venue. I think it'll be a great spot for the Big Twelve, uh, you know, conference tournament here in May. Uh, but certainly, you know, played a, a great competition. I mean, every team in there, uh, and I, I found out from the Rangers and the folks that have hosted this tournament that they've had a lot of teams go 0 and 3 and then turn up, you know, turn up in the NCAA tournament. So maybe that's that's our future as well. That's one thing, Gene, that we were talking about earlier in the show. Yeah, it hurts to start 0 and 3, but I think playing that grouping of teams maybe will benefit you down the road and give you a sense of where you're at and as you say, this this team needs a little bit of time to to grow into what they hope they can be. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think I think our first two games really starting pitching was very good. Yes, um, you know, able to stay in the games, and then you know our relievers came in and struggled a little bit. But you know, and the bats you know, weren't quite as lively in the last two games as they were against Arizona. But you know, there were some good things. It's obviously the first three. You know, you start off the season playing, you know, Auburn, uh, Arizona, and and a team like Michigan uh, that all have in the past have done very well in the NCAA tournament. So. I think it's a good measuring stick, and I think as a group, uh, both the coaches and the players learned a lot from uh, from this weekend that they can hopefully turn into some real positive as they move in the rest of the season. Speaking with K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor on Wildcat Insider, uh, a few months ago, K-State soccer coach Mike Dabini uh, suffered a stroke, which I-, I talked to him a little while ago at a Manhattan basketball game. He looks to be doing fine, but... As when it comes to being a coach again, uh, getting back into the swing of things, is he back to a normal routine? 
As far as I know, we had a one of our first coaches meeting. You know, we meet every month. Um, he looked pretty good. He felt pretty good. He had you know a couple of different checkups uh, since he's been back here to Manhattan, and you know they understand the cause of it, uh, which was you know just really unusual. Uh, uh, the rest of his health is good in terms of heart and all the other things. He's you know still pretty good shape, young man. So I think he feels pretty good. I think there are some a little lingering effects on some vision and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, he's ready to go, and they're starting their spring season here in a, in a few weeks. Uh, so he's around and working full time. And scary, no question, as a young person to have something like that happen. Uh, obviously, always scary to deal with something like that. But I think they they know the cause, and he's working through to get better. Gene, we'll probably hop around with some questions here a little bit, but I'd, I'd like to to delve into the the CFP for a moment uh, finding out here just a few days ago that we're going to stay at four through I believe it's twenty five was that a surprise to you or not maybe so much well I was a little surprised that they uh, announced it right that they actually had a formal vote uh-huh. and I thought they were going to continue my understanding I'm not on that discussion group obviously I'm just on the selection but. You know, Bob gives us a great job, does a great job, Bob Oldbear, Commissioner, of, of keeping us updated, and Bill Hancock, you know, uh, that kind of uh, runs the CFP, keeps us updated. I thought there were still going to be discussions, and they were just, they knew they had some things to work through. I was a little surprised they took a formal vote already and then announced it, but, um, you know, I get it. I I, mean, I, I don't agree with it. I, I think the reasonings that the, the other conferences, the two, I guess, three conferences that voted against it, um, are, are, in my opinion, things that can be worked out. Like the Big Ten Commissioner talked about, well, I've never voted for a contract that I don't know what the revenue split. Well, how do you, you're not going to know the revenue split until you know what the revenue is going to be, but you know that 12 is good for the <laughs> to increase the revenue. So right. if you know that's good for football, vote for it. You'll figure the other stuff out. And, and the ACC's you know, reasonings are uh, you know, certainly reasons that they've talked about as a conference, but uh, that's what surprised me the most is they actually made a formal vote and said, hey, we're not doing anything until after this current contract ends, which is, like you said, three years. You probably get tired of being asked this, but I feel like we have to ask it at this particular point. The name, image, and likeness seems to change not daily but hourly. How How is that going from the Kansas State perspective? Well, yeah, it is, and, and that's, you know, whether I'm you know on a, on a call with other Folks are just on meetings with the Big Twelve. It's it, it is changing. It's we you know many people that have been interviewed talk about the Wild Wild West right now, and yeah. a little, it's a little bit of that, and it's frustrating. We we had some protections in in language that we were ready to vote on legislatively that would have put the parameters. You know, unless you again you have a state law that would have kept some of this from happening, and we pulled back on it. We were afraid we were going to get sued if we put restrictions, and now it's out of the box that. Hopefully we can get back in. Uh, you know, from a K-State perspective, you know, we obviously have folks and, and, and friends that want to help us and put some things together that want to make sure we're in the NIL game, so to speak, the right way. Um, and so we've had some conversations with various with uh, with individuals and, and groups to say, hey, look, how do we do this? They want to know how they can help K-State. So when we do have athletes come to K-State, they do have options available to them. And then that's what we're doing. We haven't formalized anything yet. We're just starting to have those conversations. But, you know, the donors understand the importance of it. Our, you know, supporters understand it. Um, and then we just want to make sure that we, we give them the right information that's done the right way. 
Speaking with Gene Taylor here on The Game, it was last month uh, the news got out there that the Big 12 is engaged in plans to, when the Big 12 expands, to go back to divisions. And for a while there will be two seven-team divisions. Um, do you know when that conversation is going to pick up again and maybe we'll get more formal information on what the divisions will look like? Yeah, I mean, that's actually the conversations have been kind of ongoing. We've got a couple of different subgroups uh, of committees of ADs and folks. I'm on, I'm on the football one. Um, Jill Shields is on the basketball subcommittee. Casey Scott's on the baseball one. They're all a little different in terms of where they are. You know, baseball's not talking, you know, divisional play clearly. They're just talking about, you know, how many games they would play. And, you know, same with the two basketballs, you know, not so much divisions, but how many games are they going to be able to get in, what that scheduling model will look like. But in football, we are talking divisions. Um, we don't know yet. We've got some samples that we've, you know, we're going to present to the ADs here in March at our meetings uh, at the Big 12 tournament and let them see those what those divisions would look like, uh, several options. Uh, and, and then we'll talk through that, and then hopefully we would, uh, you know, the plan is to finalize everything uh, in terms of what those divisions would look like, what a, a potential schedule would look like, um, you know, nine games in football versus eight, which I think everybody's pretty much focused on right now. You know, basketball is at 18 games, is it 20 games? What does that look like? And then we'll finalize that sometime in May at our in our Big 12 meetings that take place in May, the first part of May. Speaking with uh, Case Athletic Director Gene Taylor, I, I do have a basketball question about the men, and you're an expert now on selecting teams for tournaments. Um, the Cats are on the bubble, and they've been on the bubble there for a while now with the men's basketball team. Everybody kind of has an opinion on how many wins it's going to take uh, for the Cats to get in. Do you have an opinion on how many wins it's going to take? You know, I really don't. Um, you know, I just I just know the quality wins. We have some chance to a couple of still remaining chances to pick up some quality wins, um, both on the road and at home. And and I I know the Nets just one version of, of of just like when we in the CFP we have various you know things that we look at data points and and the net in basketball is just one of the data points. But certainly people talk a lot about that. Um, but I think, you know, we just need to take advantage or take care of where, you know, where we can get these quality wins and, and probably, you know, get some wins in the, in the tournament, you know. Um, I don't know if it's 17, 18, if it's 16, but I, if those 16 wins are really good quality wins, I think we can get in. If it's 18 and, 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 you know, or 19, you know, there used to be 20 was kind of the magic number that everybody threw out there. I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, you know, we've had really good, you know, quad one wins, uh, and I think that's what's going to play in as to who we played, who we beat, uh, where did we play them, where did we, you know, win those games, and 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 how the Big Twelve is going to be perceived overall at this point. And certainly, the strength of the Big Twelve will, you hope, uh, play in K State's favor on the on the men's side. There, it and, should. Yeah, yes. and finally on the women's side, it looks like that they're pretty much safely in, Gene. That's exciting, too. To It's been a really nice bounce-back year for Coach Mitty and and the, and that team, if that's even the right way to say it. I mean, they were competitive last year, but th- this has been a big jump for them, and it's been a lot of fun, and the, re- and the fans have really responded. Yeah, no, no question, and it's been fun to see the fans respond and to see the, you know, the the crowds that have come out and the victories that we've had. Obviously, the Aoki, uh, you know, 61 point was very, very special to be a part of. Um, you know, I, I think they now just need to 
keep winning and and having some again quality wins, but position themselves for a better seed. I I don't know now we'll be able to be in one of those top sixteen uh, seed categories, but um, I do think we can continue to improve our seeding within the in the NCAA tournament. That's always big is determining who you who you play against, right? For sure. Speaking with AD Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider, I was also going to ask about the women's basketball team, the $61 season ticket promotion. Did you guys find some new season ticket holders with that? Yeah, I don't really know. I know the numbers were very good. We were very pleased with the numbers, whether those will turn into season ticket holders long term. Hopefully that will. Uh, you know, I think with Aoki coming back and with these freshmen that we have that are, you know, this team's really going to pretty much be back in full force next year. So. I would hope that that's going to lead into some additional season ticket sales uh, without any questions. So, um, yeah, no, it was a good promotion. I was very creative of our staff to come up with it and then so quickly and get it out there, and I think people took advantage of it, no question. That's, that's, and that's been part of the crowd uh, increase as well. It's been it's, it's so fun for the athletes to play in front of large crowds, and, and, and our fans get into it, as you know, and, and that's, that makes it that's much more enjoyable to play at home. I also have to ask you one more. We're probably keeping you too long, and I apologize, but but from from Miss Lee's perspective, how impressed are you of how she's handled all of this with the national media crunch and all of that? I I think it's been exemplary how she's continued to play and just fight through all because that's not easy. I mean, it's just not. There's, there's no question, and I talk about that. You know, I was at one, one of the things I did in Arizona. We had an alumni event out there, and I had a chance to speak to our alumni out there, and and that's what I told them. I said, what makes it is that obviously her feat of 61 was so special, but just who she is as a person, and how she handles things, and how she represents Kate State, and it just makes it even more enjoyable to see that, and and how she does it with grace and and humility, humility, and all those things. She's just such a, a great representative k-state or lucky to have her absolutely the final one i have here for you gene it's about the Jawan howard great guard thing that took place yesterday um we, we actually just found out Jawan howard's been suspended for the rest of the regular season uh, he laid his 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 hands so to speak on a an, a, a staff member of wisconsin i, I was just curious though, like when you see something like that do you start thinking through your mind like how would i handle like something like that because i would imagine that would never happen with anybody from k-state but is that kind of how your mind goes with, when something like that happens yeah it, it goes in a couple of different places one it's it's just bad look for college basketball uh in general you know i i think everybody points to a timeout or a pressing or whatever you know coaches as you say they have to be the adult in the room, right? You know, uh, you're getting your butt handed to you. You deal with it, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and don't. But you know, I, 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 yeah, I think okay. What would I do as an AD? How would I handle it? Well, certainly in most cases, the the conference starts the process, right? They look at it. They look at all the film, just like if you know we go back a couple of years ago with the fight at, at KU. You know, the conference took control of that, and we decided from there what we were going to do. So you know you're going to get an answer from the conference and then whether you do more than that that's then that's your next step and and so i i'm I, i'm glad i've been kind of trying to find out what they did uh it's just a bad look it's 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 not what we need to be doing it's not how we need to be as an adult and a, a head coach or any assistant coach how you need to be you know given an example for your players um and you know you you lose a ball game no matter how it ends you shake hands and you you go and you you try to figure out how to beat them the next time and you know there's been a couple of those this year and it's it's not right and then i think as an ad you got to sit down and say okay what would i do and so yeah it goes through your mind and then you just kind of sit back and see how everything is handled and you know everybody's got different situations but uh 
I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan doesn't do maybe more, but we'll see. Gene Taylor, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for your time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, fellas. Good to talk to you. Thanks, partner. Appreciate it. Bye. Again, that's Case Athletic Director Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider. You know, just kind of a thought on the NIL thing you you brought up there. Um, You know, we've built a lot of facilities around here in in the last couple of decades, right? There's not a whole lot to be built Right? I mean, we're building the indoor right now. The volleyball uh, sure. arena is going up, and the band is going to get their facility soon. I mean, we're, we have built what needs to be built. Am I right? Maybe we could start elbowing those donors like, all right, hey, we, we've built the facilities. Maybe we start uh, – you want to throw a little to NIL here? You know, I'm just saying. Well, you you heard, you heard Mr. Taylor yeah. say there that, that, you know, there have been – you know, donors and and people that support K State sure. approach him on that, and I, and it isn't just K State. I mean, that that's that's true everywhere, and there are corporations that are involved, and you know, there are, there are lots of things going on right now. That's why I asked about it because it it is evolving, changing, will continue to evolve, and will continue to change. I think the people that I talk to, and I don't talk to a ton, but the people that I talk to think that that this thing will continue to evolve for at least. An- another couple of years before it kind of settles in and yeah. it is what it is. We'll see if that's accurate or not, but but I think most people feel that way. All right, when we come back on Wildcat Insider, why tonight we're going to talk birds and twisters when we come back. Five three seven thirteen fifty is our number. Feel free to give us a call. Give us your thoughts on the Cats Jayhawks tomorrow. As uh, Mitch and Wyatt are back with you here on Wildcat Insider. Big thank you to Big Steve, who is here today. It's gonna be Sage the rest of the week. Well, it is uh, tomorrow night, eight o'clock tip off here on K Man with pregame coverage starting at seven. The Kansas Jayhawks hosting the Cats for the two hundred and ninety seventh. Edition of the Sunflower Showdown. I think I have that number right. That is correct. I thought that's the number I saw. Uh, but KU is first place in the Big 12 at 11 and 2. They are at an, at an overall record of 22 and 4. And Allen Fieldhouse is, of course, a place K State has not won since the year 2006. Last year, Jim Woldridge was the head coach. And uh, KU has won three in a row. They're the best scoring team in the Big 12. Now, statistically, defensively, they're still down there a little bit. Like, they're not the best. And really, if you want to argue, are they even top half? I don't even know if you'd argue that as well. They're maybe bottom half defensively, but they're just, I mean, led by Ochai Abaji, who's going to be the Big 12 Player of the Year. Abaji's been terrific. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an idea. 14 times this year in 25 games, he scored 20 points or more. Yeah. And he's averaging 20 points a game in the season, 20.1 in league play. He just has done everything so, so well. He's shooting 50% from the floor, 44% from three. He's just I mean, he's a 74% foul shooter, and that's probably his weakness of all of those things. The leap that he has taken probably is bigger than anybody in the conference for the most part. I know in these parts we would talk about a Nigel Pack, and Nigel's leap, as we talked about earlier in the show, is big. But I don't think anybody was predicting Abaji being the player of the year in the conference, 
when the season started. As a matter of fact, Remy Martin was the preseason player of the year, and I, I'll bet McCormick probably got more votes than Abaji did. Yeah. And that's just the reality. And I worry about David McCormick, who had a big game against oh, sure. K-State. I mean, he was grabbing offensive rebound after offensive rebound, giving KU multiple opportunities to score second-chance points. And he also – I if, he had a double-double, I do believe, and he had a pretty nice double-double. Yeah, 11 and 15. Yeah. yeah. The thing that concerns you the most, uh, away from Allen Fieldhouse in playing Kansas – if you're Kansas State, from my perspective, is is just their length and athleticism. I mean, they're they're six ten, six five, six eight, six eight, six one in that starting lineup, and they they just have. I mean, they are what they are. They have good players. They're not. You're you're on it. They're not defensively what they normally are, but they're high level enough offensively. <laughs> you have to hope you you catch them on a night where they're just off a little bit, whether it's from two or whether it's from three. What you expect, or what I think you'll see, is I think they'll be very aggressive going into this game, especially at home, like they were in the second half here, of just getting to the rim and establishing McCormick and and some of their bigger guys early. K-State's getting them were at at a time, too, when when Obagi's been Obagi, no doubt, but Jalen Wilson, too, has been playing very, very good basketball. I don't know if a lot of people realize he, he's almost a 14-point-a-game score in league play and after a pretty slow start to the year. So th- they're playing awfully well right now. Well, we saw a team like Oklahoma uh, really play well against Kansas, and KU just kind of sneaks away there at the end yep. and pulls off the victory. But Oklahoma was hitting some big shots early, and they found a way to kind of stay ahead of KU for most of that game, kind of keep them at arm's length. Uh, after building a lead, KU come back, but then Oklahoma hold them off with a shot or two, kind of a a run killer. And I know Bruce Weber kind of talked about that. It's just about how can you keep up with the Jayhawks? How can you keep the crowd sort of out of the game? Don't let KU go on a huge run because there's always every half KU finds a way to go on a run, but how quickly can you end that? I thought that was a good point. Like how quickly. Can you stop KU's momentum? Because you know they're going to get some. Oh, absolutely. And I think when you go back and look at the tape for the first game here and why K-State led by 17 and a half is, is the ball movement offensively. They were making that extra pass. Yes, they were hitting shots. That would help too. <laughs> you know, Nigel was was exceptionally special that night at 35. But, but, you know, if they shoot their average on – on threes, or maybe a little bit better, but the key is is making that extra pass and working inside out and getting the ball swung from side to side. You've got to move them, man. It's just what it is, and and you have to hope that they're off a little bit. Just and you're right, the runs you have to get them shut down pretty quickly there, and it's so hard to do because it's so loud. You got sixteen thousand three hundred in there. It's crazy, and you know they've got a lot of good players, so it, it is a it is a challenge. Now the next game is, of course, Saturday, which K-State will be hosting the Iowa State Cyclones in Bramlage for a 1 o'clock tip-off. That's the brunch and basketball game, by the way, folks. Um, So go get your brunch before the game. Uh, However, K-State just played Iowa State a couple of Saturdays ago and won an overtime in Ames. A big victory where K-State saw four guys scoring double figures. K-State shot the ball 42% in the game and found a way to get it done in overtime, um, I, I I personally I know this is a huge game and I hope the fans show up. They certainly did in Ames with thirteen thousand plus sure. there at Hilton Coliseum. But it's a big game from here on out. I mean, huge games and Casey, you get the chance to sweep. 
the Iowa State Cyclones, but it just it already feels like it's going to be a good game that K State certainly can win. You know, you certainly hope that's the case, and not much has changed in the short period of time since K State played up there, which was what the the twelfth. <laughs> that just seems like a few days ago, and I, I guess it kind of was. It was a week ago Saturday, right? So, I mean, you're talking about two weeks difference there. But it's Brockington and Hunter to start with, yeah. and, and Brockington was really good in the game up there uh, against K-State. I mean, he didn't go for 30 or 35, but I think he had 23 and was, was good. And Hunter Hunter's rock solid. K-State did, I think, a pretty good job on most of the rest of their guys, including Gabe Kausher. So, well, and you can't Jazz Koontz, yeah, uh, hopefully yeah. he doesn't have a day like he did. Well, but he was good early for sure. Yeah. I mean, he hit the three threes early, and that was again. Let's remind everybody it was thirteen to nothing and forty five to thirty. You know, in the in the second half, and K State won the game. So, you, you know, you you can, you can throw out a lot of things there, but. I think K-State will be able to guard them really pretty well at home, and I'm with you. I hope there is yeah. a good crowd um, because it always helps when you're playing a team like that. What I was trying to say there is a, a few statements ago, I, a really good feeling K-State's going to win this game. Like, I just don't feel like that's a game K-State loses, but uh, I'm going to hold up an imaginary cup here and say here's to another stinker from Caleb Grill, <laughs> an 0 of 9 performance from three-point range. We'll take a quick break, and we'll squeeze in a Twitter question or two when we come back. All right, let's wrap up Wildcat Insider. First of all, I want to send a shout-out to the K-State women's basketball team with some I stand with signs on their chairs yesterday, uh, giving a shout-out to Shanna Mitty, which it was announced last week by head coach Jeff Mitty of the K-State women that Shanna had has, uh, uh, breast cancer. So said it last week, but obviously wishing nothing but the best for her and the family as they go through this fight of cancer. No question. I, you know, I don't know what to add to that other than to say – you know, she is a really fun lady to be around. Uh, the the women's basketball team, you can tell they're rooting for her and for sure they'll do whatever they can to help her. She she is a terrific person. So we we're praying for you, Shannon, and wishing you the very 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 best. This question coming from John: <laughs> What's the best or worst practical joke that Wyatt has played on somebody or maybe a joke that's been played on you? Do you have any stories that stand out? I'll give you one that happened to me years ago when I was at Colorado State. We were playing basketball in Hawaii, getting ready to go to the old arena. Uh, <laughs> their media relations director at the time is a, still a dear, dear friend. He's, he's retired now. Gary Osello is his name. And he decided to mess with me a little bit, and I looked everywhere for my shoes. You know where they were? In the refrigerator. I thought you maybe been out I on the al- beach or something. I almost knocked him out. <laughs> now my feet are going to be freezing. Well, he was the best practical joker type of all time. He, he lived for that kind of stuff. Great, I, great human being. Now, this qu- I, I've shared many prank stories <laughs> over the years. I, I'm, I'm famous for a few of them. I, I'll, I'll bring those up at another time because we're short on time. I do want to bring this question up. Tomorrow is National Margarita Day. So this is a question for everybody, even Big Steve. How do you get your margarita? How do you order it? Do you, are you a margarita drinker, Wyatt? You know what? I'm, uh, Yeah, uh, but I'm more of like the... the uh, Frozen margarita type okay. guy for, for whatever most of the time anyway. Okay. So yeah, what what Lime? about you, bud? Funny enough, I've never actually had a margarita. What? To be honest, yeah. 
Are you 21? I'm turning 25 this year. Oh, excuse me. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I will you. buy you a margarita for your birthday. When's your birthday? September 1st. No way. Yeah. That's mine, too. How about that? Wow. What are the chances? All right. I am uh, usually lime on the rocks, but I don't mind... Uh, Most man- are. Mango. I like mango, too. Yeah, really? It's a lot of the places around here have mango margaritas. They're delicious. For uh, Big Steve, for Wyatt, I'm Mitch. That's Wildcat Insider. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.